Hi, everyone. Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us, and he has a word for you today. We are sure of it. Take some time out to listen, and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Sometimes you got to understand, you have to be able to give God the highest praise in your lowest circumstances. That's number one. Number two is this. You have to know to whom you're giving praise. It's, it's to Almighty God. And we thank him for the Jesus that paid the price so that we can have the Holy Spirit inside. We got a trifecta working for us. God in three persons. Ooh, hug somebody for me. All right, loved ones, let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every person here. We never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this message and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Family, let's say our Bible confession. If you would, it'll be displayed before you, but let's go ahead and say it together. Ready, go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God-breathed, and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, today we are going to put at least our bow on the Beyond Good series. And in the Beyond Good series, you know, we've talked to you about several types of flames, and we're going to continue with that today. We've already completed now talking about low, moderate, and high. We're not going to go into details about them, but there are some things about those flames that we want to kind of put a little icing on the cake. But you know where we start. We start Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 in the voice to get our foundation of this flame. Here is Moses' first interaction with God as far as we are concerned. The voice goes like this. Now, one day when Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he guided the flock far away from its usual pastures to the other side of the desert and came to a place known as Horeb, where the mountain of God stood. There, the special messenger of the eternal appeared to Moses in a fiery blaze from within the bush. Moses called again, looked at the bush as it blazed, but to his amazement, the bush did not burn up in flames. Moses said to himself, why is this bush not burning up? I need to move a little closer to get a better look at this amazing sight. When the eternal one saw Moses approach, approaching the bush to observe, to approach the bush to turn, you know what it's saying. He called from him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, he says, I'm right here. God says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals and stand barefoot on the ground in my presence for this ground is holy ground. 
please lock your eyes on this upcoming. We have been talking about all these kind of flames. There's a flame on the inside of you, and there are these flames that are heat intensities on the outside. You got, you got image number two for me. One second. Thank you very much. Now, all these, all these fires, this fire on the inside, that's God. We're just going to just say that up front. Now, the three heat levels, remember, we worked them in reverse, high heat, moderate heat, and low heat. And we went through all of those things that can push you to sell your faith in that kind of heat situation. Briefly, high heat is something that's like a direct attack. It's something that's coming at you hot and heavy. Something that is undeniable that you are under something and that thing is gonna try to drive you to sell your faith. Moderate heat is not as tough as high heat, but it's something that mm, you felt like you've dealt with long enough. And after you felt like you've dealt with it long enough, you decide I need to go and do something to handle this on my own, which might prompt you to do something that caused you to sell your faith. Low heat, uh, low heat is really something that's really, really teeny, really small. And it may not ever have been an issue if it just happened one time. But it happens over and over and over again. And that over and over again part gets you to kind of blow your top. It's like what we said, like you have kids that keep nagging and nagging and nagging. If they ask you one time, it wouldn't be no big deal. But them little rascals keep asking you over and over and over again to the point where you want to choke them and you explode. That person that smacks gum or pops gum, just is getting on my nerves, getting on my nerves, boom, you explode. You told your husband, don't leave them shoes in the middle of the floor. He did it every day you come home, them sneakers in the same spot, and it, eventually you blow. I'm going to use the low heat as a springboard into how we're going to wrap this up today because there is a certain connection between all these three items that we need to understand. Now, with this image locked on the screen, I want to share something with you. There can be a connection between these three heat levels. That connection is that the levels can progress upward, meaning, for instance, a heat level can begin low and then progress to being high. Remember when we talked about low heat? I said it's almost like the devil finds a weak spot in you and there's a big button on it, and he pushes it one time, he says, click, and if nothing happens, he pushes it again, click, click, and he pushes it, click, 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 and keeps clicking it until eventually he makes it weak. Oh, I got him now. Click, 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 click. And once he clicks it, that last time, that straw that breaks the camel's back, you explode. I need to share with you a Smith story. Now, this Smith story is solely about me. And I share it. Y'all taking up, taking Greg aside. <laughs> this Smith story is solely about me, and I tell it for two reasons. One, to let you know that no one is immune to low heat sneaking up on you. And to also make sure that you know 
that low heat is nothing you should just ignore. Because low heat, loved ones, can get to you. We're going to use this Smith story as a springboard to go deeper into the message. Now, here we go. <clears throat> I know there is at least one gentleman here that knows that I often go to the gym, and I go early. I'm talking about I can be there as early as a quarter to six or definitely by 630. I'm at the gym. I'm getting it in. I want to get it all in before I start my day. And now keep in mind, I want to make sure you understand the time because it's still dark outside, meaning it's early. All right, I have a certain thing that I do. I do circuits, which means you have a certain rotation on things. You have certain reps that you do on things. And I just, I mind my own business. I get in there, I get her done, I get out. When I'm there, I have, I can actually say, AirPods now. I used to have just regular plain generic earbuds and I used to call them AirPods and my kids would go, no daddy, you got the junk. <laughs> so my youngest son got me some AirPods so now I can say I'm official. So I got my, he, he hooked the brother up. So I have my AirPods in and usually I'm listening to a pastor teach or some kind of inspirational message or if I've caught up on all my messages on all the passages I listen to, what I'll do is I'll put on me some, some inspirational, like some, some gospel songs, some Dietrich Haddon or whatever. Or every now and then, I get a little R&B worked in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> get a little, little Barry White in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right. I, I remember these days, you know. Give me a little TLC. But... Why is this story important? It's early in the morning. I am purposefully focused and I'm feeding myself good. I'm like, oh God, that's good. Oh God, that's good. Oh God, that's good. And I'm on this particular machine. Now you have to understand the machine is one that has various different positions you can use to work different muscle groups. A lot of people, when they go and work out on this machine, they'll just use one. But when I'm on the machine, machine and I do my set, I go through the whole cycle. And there's three different cycles on the machine. Very important. I am on the machine. It happens to be an upper body machine. I am on the machine. I have earbuds in and I am, I am, I am in heaven right now. I'm on the ninth cloud. I am so spiritual, you can't even believe it. I'm sitting there, a guy walks in front of me, I'm sitting down, he's standing up, and he says, get up, I'm working in with you. That's how he says it. And so I was like, okay, first of all, it's too early to be coming at me with that kind of energy. <laughs> it's early. How can you have that kind of energy and that kind of, that kind of, pain in the buttedness that early in the morning. But you know what? I breathe. It's a, I sit down and I, 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 I take a, a butt out of my right ear just to make sure I'm, okay, now I can listen to what you have to say. And he says to me, get up, I'm working in with you. You can't just park on the machine. I breathe. 
And I say to him, as calmly as I'm trying to say it, if you come back in three minutes, you can work in with me. See, that sounds like a very reasonable thing. It's three minutes. It sounds very reasonable. He says to me, I'm working in with you. Get up. I say, listen, if you just come back in three minutes. Now, by, if he had gone and come back, by now the three minutes over with. Three minutes. Three minutes. And I say to him, hey, I just got one more set. I just got one more set. And then I say, listen to these words now, because he's going to jump on these words. Keep in mind, well, let me just tell you. I tell him, I got, I got one more set, and in that set, I have to do two more. I may have said two more reps or two more sets. Let's, let's just let me say it how I think I said it. I, I said, I have one more set, and so I have to complete two more reps. He looks at me. And he, I'm sitting down, so he bends down. He says, not in my face, but, you know, he was, he was showing me enough. He says to me, he says, so which is it? You say you got one set, but now you say you got to do two things. Which is it? Whew. I said, I said, I said, I got to finish my set, and I'm going to do two reps, and I use these words, in succession. Then he says, if you don't let me work in with you, I'm going to go over there to that office and tell them you're parking on the machine. At that point, I tilted. I tilted. I'm going, it's just, I mean, you got to understand, it's, it's like waking up and the first thing in the morning, the person next to you start arguing at you. Your, your mind is, I mean, it's like I'm not in the mental space to, if I saw it coming, maybe, but it just caught me off surprise. I'm, I'm in the seventh heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stay spiritual. But here he, here, here he is. I'm going to go tell those people in that office. By this time, I tilted. I looked at him, I'm still seated, and I told him, I'm going to finish this rep, and you go tell whoever you got to tell. Now, keep in mind, anything that I was going to do to accommodate him is gone. If, if he, I, well, I, I, thank you, I was, I thought I, that's, but this is part of the point as well. So thank you for saying that, that's a part of the point as well. Because I'll make a point eventually. But here I am. I'm, I'm gone. I'm, I, don't, I don't care who he called. He, he can call President Biden. I don't care who he called. They're going to have to drag me off this machine now. And keep in mind, I haven't been there that long. I just got off of another machine to come to that machine. Maybe five minutes. I haven't been on there that long. He goes away. I finish my set. 
I get up. And you know, they have, in, especially these days at the gym, they have things you can sanitize the machine with when you're done. You can go get a paper towel and some spray, or you can, they got a little pull out, the little automatically, auto, all, what is that, the like wipies? I go there, get, I get a towel, I wet it down with the, whatever stuff is they have in the bottle. This could be water, it could be, I don't know what it is, but I just wet it down. I come back and I start to clean off the machine like I always do. Next thing I know, he's standing behind me. And he's standing behind me, kind of like positioned like I'm ready to use the machine. Y'all, I gave that machine the most complete and slow <laughs> wipe down in history. I wiped that thing down so slow. But once again, that was, that was on me. I wasn't, I, I wasn't, I wasn't being right at that time. I went, but, but it felt right. I wiped the handles. I wiped the, 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 the little pad you get the, that you adjust the weight with. I wiped the seat. I wiped the back of the seat. I wiped that thing down. It, it, might, have, it might as well have been new by the time I finished with it. And now he was kind of like a little off to my left side. So I did, in fact, do this good thing. When I finished, I walked away. I turned away from him. I walked away, threw it in the garbage, and I went in and I finished my workout. Family, I worked out for at least another hour. I put my inspirations in there. I was listening to the teaching. I might have heard 50% of what was supposed to be going into my spirit. Because all I could think about was this man's face and how he talked to me and how I felt. Now, let me throw in another little element that I didn't even mention yet, but I'm going to mention it right now. This man had a skin pigment that was lighter than mine. And when he started talking to me like that, you see, I grew up in a place where people like him what they thought and talked about people like me wasn't very good. And when he started, when he first came up, I didn't see him with a certain look. And this man could be a lover of all people for all I, can, all I know. He might be the best person in the world ordinarily. But when he started talking to me and getting into my face, all I began to see is a person like him that used to treat people like me a certain way. And I, and I, granted, I've, I've, I've done very good over the years. You guys okay? I've, I've done, I've done very good over the years at taking that history and helping at least working with God to wash my heart of that history. I've done a very good job. My parents did a very good job at, at working out. Even though we lived in that, they did a very good job of keeping me as good as I could. But that moment, all those thoughts came rushing back into my head, and my, my blood boiled for the rest of my workout. And I kid you not, I finished my workout, walk into the car, 
and in my spirit, I hear a noise. Click, click. And I start to smile. I got God. I got God. We're talking about a piece of workout machinery. That's not life-threatening. That's not anything that, that should get me to the point to where I should be ready to, to get aggressive with somebody else. But click it. He just clicked it. He, he kept it. Click it. He kept click click it. And, and um, um, it's early. I'm not in the space to, to deal with that. I wasn't ready. Got caught with the uppercut. Got, got caught with the left hip looking to the right. I just got, it got God. Let me share this with you. That was a low heat situation. If that gentleman had come by and just said his piece one time, I probably would have just brushed it off. But he was persistent. And he kept mashing that button. Now, I want you to imagine a different scenario. Then we're going to get into this. Because I told you that there could be a progression. I told you that those have a connectivity. I want you to imagine that same scenario, except let me add some other stuff in there to help make the point. Two men go to the same gym. Man A and man B. They happen to all you both use the same equipment. Man A is on the machine. Man B comes and starts giving them some beef about getting off the machine. Now, assume now that that happens, and you know what? Nothing happens of it. The next day comes. But imagine now every time man A is at the gym, Man B happens to always be the one to come up and give him some stuff about whatever. Now, it started off as, as, as low heat. It was really nothing to be concerned about. Listen, you asked. I said, no, you went on about your business. And in my case, he, he came. He's there just incessantly. But let's just keep it on a daily basis. Comes by, says it one time, no big deal, low heat. Next day, no big deal, low heat. Now, see the progression. He keeps coming by, and I keep having to bump into you and tell you the same thing over and over. Eventually, what happens? That goes up to moderate heat because I'm, you're, getting, you're, you're, you're getting on my nerves now. You are getting on my I told you one time the situation, and you keep coming over and over and over again, and what do you say? Eventually, I've dealt with you long enough. Now, you have two men in each other's face, and that can easily escalate to high heat. What? They come to blows. Then you have the police. Then you have ambulances. Then you have lawsuits. Then you have jail time. Then you have injuries. All started with one occurrence. But because the communication between those two men didn't happen in such a way to where it could get snuffed out way back here, it escalates to something else. Watch this image. In our lives, family, 
we can have heat intensity levels that progress to high, higher levels. You can be at low heat, but when you don't deal with low heat while it's low heat, it can jump up to moderate heat. If you don't deal with moderate heat while it's at moderate heat, guess what it can do? It can rise up to high heat. What you must do is you must deal with the issue that you are at and the heat level that you're at as soon as possible. What are we doing today? Today, to close this thing out, I'm going to give you three pieces of what I call heat wisdom. Heat wisdom. Kind of little one, well, it may not be one-liners, but little thoughts that take this picture of heat progression and everything we've talked about and give you something to where when you think about whatever is written under that wisdom, it'll give you some type of tool to just be better. Having talked about what we've talked about thus far, here is heat wisdom number one for you. Heat wisdom number one is for you to avoid heat progression. What does that mean? It means that you are to recognize the heat level you are in and manage your feelings accordingly. To keep from selling your faith at that level or escalating the situation to a higher heat level. Loved ones, you want to avoid either of these outcomes. Here are two very quick, very quick examples of that. Say this with me. That is going to sound funny. Why don't you say this with me? Say, escalating heat levels, escalating heat levels. is what can cause, what can cause. Shoes, and shoes and underwear on the floor, on the floor. to lead to, to, lead to the separation of a married couple. Yeah. Heat progression is what can cause two people to be in divorce court over shoes and dirty drawers. And we laugh. And let me, let me tell you, it starts off as low heat. Woman comes in the house Shoes on the floor, underwear on the floor. You got a shoe rack. You got a dirty clothes hamper. I don't, I, I'm, am I living with a three-year-old? And you know what? No big deal. It's low heat at this time. It's low heat. It might be, but it's low heat. And you think about it. When you have a person that's in that situation, it's simple for just put your shoes away, put your underwear away. But the guy's not thinking it's anything significant because it's just shoes and underwear. But it keeps going on, and she keeps talking to him about their shoes and his underwear. Eventually, what happens? That thing then bumped up because she feels like, I didn't talk to you about this long enough. I am not your mama. 
you should be able to do your part. He continues to ignore it. Now, he continues to ignore it. Now, that gets translated into, you don't listen to anything I say anyway, so why do I need to talk to you? If you're going to keep doing what you're going to do, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. So they start getting distant. He doesn't pick up yet that, that she's distancing herself because she feels as if you're not even listening to her. And we're not talking about yet that there may be some other things that he's doing that's just piling on, but she keeps having to ask him about it and direct him on what to do to change it. It's almost as if she's talking, but nobody's listening. So what happens after that? When you stop communicating, you stop wanting to spend time together. And when you stop wanting to spend time together, that's together at any time, doing anything. I don't want to watch TV with you. You be in that room, I'll be in that room. I don't want to go on a trip with you. Why am I going to pay money to sit in a room with you and I only want to look at your face? <laughs> Intimacy. <laughs> you can forget that. He don't even know that his intimacy bloodline has been cut off over underwear. <laughs> now, keep it, keep it, but just keep pushing it. Because if it continues, somebody is going to get to the point to where this is not working. And they sit before a counselor, and the counselor's trying to figure out, well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is she feels as if he's not listening to her. The problem is that he's not conscious enough to understand his part and that she just wants a boy to be a man. So you end up in a high heat situation where you got feelings that have got kicked off by something that started off really low and stupid. It's a progression that happens. You can, you can take that for any example in any relationship. Things that start small, if you, if you ignore them, they can grow. And once they get the high heat, mm, it's crazy. So say this one thing set for me. Say, before you know it, you know it low, heat low heat can turn to, can turn to moderate, heat, moderate heat, then eventually, then eventually to high heat. High. Yeah, after that, family, you got an issue. So wisdom, heat wisdom number one, I want you to avoid heat progression. Keep your feelings in check. That's what I was trying to do when that guy was jawjacking at me. I was trying my best to keep my feelings in check. I didn't want to sell my faith. Even though you didn't see it outwardly, I sold that joker. I sold my faith. Now, it didn't escalate to a higher heat level. I was wise enough to not let it do that. That guy could have been a regular dad or a Navy SEAL. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I just know at the moment, I just saw red. At some point, I just tilted, didn't even care. Now, let's talk about heat wisdom number two. I want you to go to this scripture from me. It's going to display on the screen. Heat wisdom number two. We're going to return to Jesus on the cross. 
The first one, which is Luke 23, this is all out of the voice, voice Bible, Luke 23, verse 32 through 34, and Luke 23, verse 39. I show you that first one. We're not going to really read it. I just want to let you know. We talked about, remember Jesus said, Father, forgive them. I add that first part to show you that there are two other people up on crosses next to Jesus. Right? Now, let's, listen, let's read verse 39, which is what we want to talk about. One of the criminals joined in the cruel talk. The criminal said this. You're supposed to be the anointed one, right? Well, do it. Rescue yourself and rescue us. When you look at that last verse right there, 39, what do you, what do you notice? I'm not going to leave it that open-ended. I'm going to ask you a question. But what do you notice? Here's the question. Do you think that person, that criminal, really wants Jesus to get himself off the cross, or you really think he wants Jesus just to help him off the cross? Right. He does, he's not really caring really about Jesus. He really wants Jesus just to get him off the cross. We're going to run through these wisdoms quick. That first one was the longest one. I'm going to go from that statement that we just made to wisdom number two. Notice, heat wisdom number two, family. Be careful what you hear. Be careful about taking advice from people who are in the same heat situation as yours or worse. Because their advice may be tainted by their own pain or more about meeting their needs than about heal healing you. It might be more about that. And we can put a lot of stuff in there. It could be more about meeting their needs than about healing you, than about helping you, than about seeing you be better. Then it could be more about them. Be careful that the source of your advice is not negatively influenced by the heat of their own situation. How many people have tried to get me to do this? How many times have you been working in a company or in an office and somebody don't like what the boss is doing and they tell you, you should go in there and say something? <laughs> oh, I'm not the only one that's heard that before. You, you know, you, you need to go in. You need to go and tell a pastor that you need to go, you need to go tell the boss, or you need to go tell mama. You need, yeah, you need to go tell them. You know what really they're trying to say? Help me out. They don't like the situation. The situation is tough on them. They could care less about how it reflects on you. It just so happened that if it works out, you're gonna get the benefit, but they're really not worried about the benefit on you. They wanna get out of their own situation. What about this first one, tainted by their own pain? When you're in low heat, moderate heat, this case high heat, it, it, it doesn't really matter. Whenever you're in a certain heat intensity situation and then another person is in a heat intensity situation, their advice can be tainted by their pain. Somebody has, see how I can put this. I'll put it this way. 
I, I, I inherited a group of employees one time. And in, in that group of employees was an employee or two that the previous supervisor said were just bad people. Now, they gave me all this information. When I sat down with the employees, one at a time, I had their folder at the time. There were folders at the time. It wasn't that digital at the time. And I was able to show them, this is what they say about you. Now, this is what they say about you. As far as I'm concerned, I want to know what you show me. You and me can have nothing to do with this. I'm not going to take nobody's word for who you are and how you are. I'm going to go by what you show me. If I were to, and I'm not saying that the stuff in there was wrong, I want to make it clear that I'm, I'm going to give you the opportunity to separate yourself from whatever this says if you want to. But what people try to do, why are you going to transfer? And I understand good advice. Give me warning. I get it. But at some time, it feels like you're trying to transfer the person and their issue that you got with them to me. You know what I don't know? How you treated them, how you talked to them, how, to, how they wanted to, to go to their kid's birthday party. You told them they had to work. I, I don't know. I know this. I can look that person in the eye and tell them, you and me starting new, that all of this can be in the past if you want it to be. But people will try to translate their pain towards another person on you. And they've, 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 it's, their, their advice is tainted by their own situation. It's like people that, and, and I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's friendships or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to do. Please understand. It's like people that get bad advice and relationships from somebody who's going through a divorce. I mean, it's, not that the person in their heart doesn't have good, but they don't know that their advice is tainted. Yeah, your, your wife did you wrong. She shouldn't have did that. Y'all couldn't work it out. But now when you talk to your brother, what you're seeding in his ear is something that's not really there. Now, he's, he's, his ears are all perked up looking for something with his wife, and they, they can work it out. But because the advice that he received from his buddy, who his junk ain't good. So the buddy is giving advice, and here this guy just eating it like cereal, eating it up, eating it up, eating it up. Now he go home thinking that he has been received good, solid counsel. And all he's received is a stick of dynamite to blow his relationship up. Family, be careful that the source of your advice is not negatively influenced by the heat of their own situation. Because if you're not careful, they can put something in your ear and cause your situation to go from bad to worse.
Now, heat wisdom number three is something that I call, say this with me, phantom flames. Phantom flames. Do you have that image for me? There we go. That flame, I'm going to ask you, when you think of a flame, you think of the heat, you think of the intensity, you think of it gives off light, all these things. But what are phantom flames? <laughs> phantom flames are flames that do not really exist, but they have very real effect. More importantly, if not dealt with, phantom flames can lead to, lead to low heat scenarios, which, as you already know, can escalate to something much, much worse. Now, what do I mean by phantom flame that really doesn't exist? Here are a couple of examples. Phantom flames can come from a lack of trust. Remember, a phantom flame is something, don't put that up there yet. A phantom flame is something that, that we really don't know when we're going through it, but it's, we're, we're dealing with something that doesn't really exist. For example, when it comes to lack of trust, a wife can leave the house just going to the store, but the husband conjures up all of these potential thoughts of what she might be doing. The woman's just going to pick up milk and vice versa. It can happen. All these thoughts that go through your head that create a situation or a circumstance that's not really there. It's a phantom flame. It's something that you're working up, you're working up on your own. Sometimes it can be as simple as telling yourself that you will fail. I'm not going to make it. I'm going to fail. It's not going to work out for me. It's a phantom flame. There's no real reality connected to it. It's just what's working up in your, in your thought realm. Sometimes society referred to these kind of thoughts as a self-fulfilling prophecy. In plain words, what does that mean? That means that you have something in your head that you think is negative, and you keep repeating it in your head long enough to where you decide you're going to go out and find evidence that makes it true. And you self-fulfill the prophecy. You self-fulfill the prophecy. You keep, you keep telling her, you don't love me, you don't love me, you don't love me, you don't love me, you don't love me. And she can say, I do, I do, I do. You don't love me, you don't love me, you don't love me. You don't love me. And if, well, you know what? If you don't believe I love you, then bye. See, I told you, you didn't love me. That's, but you got to really trade. It was a phantom flame. You started. And because you kept seeking for a reason that it should be true, you pushed the situation until it came true. It was a phantom flame. And a phantom flame often begins with thoughts that ask in some con contextual form, what if? Notice this now, this image. 
What if? What if I don't get the job? What if I don't make the cut? What if I don't pass the test? What if they don't like me? What if they lead me, leave me? Now, you and I all know, you and I, we all know that there is an opposite statement to those. Like, what if I don't get the job? But what if you do? What if I don't make the cut? But what if, what if you do? What if I don't pass it? Well, what if you do? What if they don't like me? Well, what if they do? What if they leave me? Well, what, what if they don't? But when it comes to phantom flames, we don't take the positive side because otherwise the phantom flame just goes out. The phantom flame has to lock onto the negative. And when it comes to phantom flames, it may include the words, what if specifically, but if it doesn't, it includes that in contextual form. Here's an example. Look at the book of Exodus chapter 1. I'm going to go back to, to Moses' era real quick. Because those thoughts and things can eat you up on the inside, and it can bring you to, to, to think about things in a way you shouldn't. And if they get you to think about things in the way you shouldn't, then it can push you to do things that you shouldn't. And if it pushes you to do things what you shouldn't, you can end up selling your faith. I'm going to use this for a very specific reason. Yeah, I'm going to kind of talk to you about phantom flames, but I also want to seed in a hook for forgiveness. When we had our session on unforgiveness, this is one that was on, on tap for me, to, for me to talk to you about. But because that session, I felt like that session needed to end when it ended. It, is, it felt more complete that way. I pushed this one off, but this is what I need to talk to you about. Here we go. This is before Moses is born. Exodus chapter 1, verse 8 through 11 in the voice. One day a new king came to power and ruled over Egypt, but this king had no knowledge of Joseph. This pharaoh said to his advisors, some of his advisors, look, there are more Israelites than ever before, and they are growing more powerful than we are. We need to be careful in our dealings with them. Otherwise, they may grow even greater in number, and in times of war, join forces with our enemies, fight against us, and then leave the land. That's very important. So the Egyptian authorities enslaved the Israelites and appointed cruel slave drivers over them to oppress them, with hard, back-breaking labor, they forced them to build cities of Pithom and Ramses for Pharaoh. Notice the highlighted parts there. Let's take you into a quick story. There is a what if in there. It doesn't say it, but it is. Where it says otherwise, Pharaoh is saying, what if a war breaks out? Now, he's, he's, he's getting ready to come up with a scenario. And I'm not saying you shouldn't strategize, you shouldn't plan, but let's use this for now. We're going to make it say, what if? What if a war breaks out, they join forces with our enemies, they fight against us, and then leave the land? 
to keep that from happening, they turn around, Pharaoh and his boys turn around and start doing things mean, nasty, cruel. I want to overlay this on a friendship. And follow me with this. Because there are people, I've been this way, who have unforgiveness against a friend. And I want to put it in perspective, a perspective that hopefully allows us to release that unforgiveness against his friend by understanding a little better. Sometimes in a friendship, a person will not be able to understand how you can be friends with more people than them. They, they, they don't understand. How can I be your best friend, but you make another acquaintance? In their, man, in their mind, I should be your only friend. They're not saying that, but I should be your only friend. I find this very interesting. When Pharaoh says, they're going to join forces with our enemies, fight against us, and then leave the land. I would think that what Pharaoh would have said is they're going to join forces with them and overthrow us. That's not what he said. He said, leave the land. You see, in a friendship, when somebody thinks you're joining forces with somebody else, their fear is that you're going to leave them. And when they fear you're going to leave them, they begin to act out in ways that can be hurtful. Do you follow that? If we map this on a friendship, some of us have been hurt by friends and we thought the friend was being mean when the friend was really trying to avoid hurt themselves. It's not that they were trying to lash out in particular to hurt you. They were calling out for you. But they didn't know how to tell you that they were feeling as if you were leaving them. And when somebody feels as if you're going to leave them, but they want you to stay, the corresponding action can be cruelty towards you. If you have experienced that, I'm not talking about reconciliation. We never ask somebody to go back to a hurtful situation. Let God tell you that, not your pastor. But what I'm saying is, if you have unforgiveness in your heart for a friend or someone close, you know, it doesn't have to be quote unquote friend. I want you to consider that if your scenario matches this one or something similar where they might have thought that some other people were coming between you two, that perhaps in their actions, it was less about them not liking you or wanting to hurt you, and more about trying to save hurt on themselves. So you should be freer to forgive them, because remember what we said, human nature is 
easier to forgive someone for something accidental or they didn't mean to do than it is to forgive somebody that purposefully aims to hurt you. It is something that happens. It happens not just in friendships, but in all kind of interactions with people. Understand that when a person is close to you and they feel as if something is coming between y'all, they can lash out. Hey, listen. I can use this example. When you have, let's say you have a single father. He picks up a new boo. It can be the sweetest lady in the world. But those kids look at it. You coming between me and my daddy. They don't understand that daddy can be in a relationship with her and you all can still have a relationship together. And so what do they do? They lash out. They lash out at dad. <laughs> this, this new woman, it don't, she, no matter what she do, the gift ain't nice enough, the food ain't good enough, the hug ain't good enough because they are, what are they doing? They are acting cruel and they are, they, are, they are trying to push as hard as they can to get back in the position where they think they should be. I believe I've hit that enough. Let's look at your wisdom number three. Heat wisdom number three. Beware of phantom flames. Beware of phantom flames as they can prompt you to start flames in your life that do not exist, which result in heat conditions that may result in you selling your faith. A phantom flame, even though it's really nothing, can become something really fast. So here are your three heat wisdom items, and then we will wrap it up and call it a day. Heat wisdom item, in case you missed it, number one. And you can, if you can find them as I talk about them, just flash them up one more time in case somebody wants to take a picture. Heat wisdom number one, recognize the heat level you are in and manage your feelings accordingly to keep from selling your faith at that level or escalating the situation to a higher heat level. You want to avoid these outcomes. Heat wisdom number two. Be careful about taking advice from people who are in the same heat situation as yours or worse because their advice may be tainted by their own pain or more about meeting their needs than being about healing you or helping you or making your life better. And heat wisdom number three, beware of phantom flames as they can prompt you to start flames in your life that do not exist, meaning that do not exist currently, real flames, which initiates heat conditions that may result and you selling your faith. Why? Because it actually creates a real flame. That's the whole point, no matter how it's written. The flame don't exist, but you make one. Because you what if it to the point to where something happens. 
Family, you know it's always my prayer that you get something out of this, but when, we come, when it comes to these heat conditions, we're not done talking about heat in general and the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff on the inside of you. But for this particular set, to the best of your ability, take your notes, go back and listen to them, evaluate in your life because heat, heat situations exist throughout our life all the time. And what we want to be as believers are those group of people that no matter what situation we're in, we're not going to sell our faith. Because we know that the heat, the fire, the flame on the inside of us is greater. And if we're just patient enough and give God time to tell us what to do, to tell us how to react, to tell us how to feel, we will get there. But if the devil or people or the mind that's between your two ears, if, if, if that brain can get you to step out out of the will of God, cha-ching, you're going to sell that faith. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I love y'all so much. Let's pray. Last yes, ma'am? Yeah. What do you want to see? Can you put wisdom number three back up there again? Is that the one? Yeah, heat wisdom, heat wisdom number number three. Is that the one? The next one after this one. Yeah, they'll 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 get to it. The heat wisdom number three that says phantom. Look at there. Is there a number? There is a number. No, that one. The, um, just let me let me explain. They go together. Yeah, like it says, beware of phantom flames. Beware of phantom flames as they can prompt you to start flames in your life that do not exist, which result in heat conditions that may result in you selling your faith. And the the one before that that said, what if it was just a part of heat wisdom number three? It wasn't the it wasn't the, it wasn't the wisdom itself. It was a lead in. It was you know the preview before the movie. Hey, get this. I'll tell you a real quick story. We're, we're, in the, we're in the movie theaters. Me and Greta both do this. And we go, to see, we go to see movies. And sometimes you go to see a movie and you sit there and you watch a movie and they give you a trailer beforehand. And you say to yourself, ooh, that's good. I'm going to go see that. It looks good. It looks good. Me and Greta were sitting. Me and Greta were sitting in. There, there's this. It probably has come out already. There's a scary movie called Nope. Right? Yeah. All right. So they start showing us previews. So me and Greta are sitting there, and we just talking and laughing, and their previews come in, come on, and you can usually tell if it's a scary movie because something happens on the screen kind of weird, right? And so me and Greta are sitting there, and we're looking at the previews, and there's all kind of crazy stuff going on. When the previews stop, but before they show the title of the movie, Greta looks at me, I look at her, and we both say, nope. <laughs> And it comes up and it says, nope. <laughs> we got a rule. We do not pay for people to scare us. You ain't, I am not going to pay you $12 to put that in my spirit. I'm going to eat an appetizer somewhere before I give you that money. Did everybody get, you got all the ones that you want? All right. Oh, man, family, let's pray. God, I thank you for everything that you do for us, things that we don't even, we don't even see. 
I appreciate that you have your mind and your heart locked on us. We're the apple of your eye. Because you care for us so much, you extend to us your grace and your mercy. God, we all strive to be who you called us to be. Jesus said that in this world we will have trouble and those troubles put us in various heat situations. Some of them originate from the outside, truly from a third party or a third individual or a situation. And some of them can be conjured up in our own heads as phantom flames. And before we know it, doggone it, we got a heat situation. Help us to recognize the situations that we're in. Help us to reach out and hear better what the Holy Spirit would have us to say and to do in whatever state we're in. And it is our sincere hope and our sincere prayer that each of us will get better at holding our tongue, not taking things into our own hands, and trusting you, God, to do what only you can do. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.